Shalom to all. Today we're going to learn the first two Mishnahis, Mesechas Yavamas. That's the first Mesechah in Seder Nashim. And just like we're starting this Mesechah together, we should be Mesechah to finish it together. And of course, all of Shas Mishnahis together. Now, this Seder as a whole discusses all things related to Jewish marriage. And the name Yavamas comes from the word Yibum, which is a mitzvah in the Torah that has to do with marriage. What's this mitzvah of Yibum? So the Basak tells us that when a man is married and dies without children, his brother has a mitzvah to marry his wife. Why is that? To establish a name for his brother in Klal Yisrael. Because when a child is born from his new marriage, in some way the deceased brother has a continuance in this world. And this is called Yibam. As the Pasuk says, Yavama Yavayaleha, her Yavam should live with her. And this concept of Yibam itself is quite a chedesh because of the 21 Arias forbidden relationships in the Torah, Eshas Ach, the wife of one's brother, is one of them. A person's not going to marry his brother's wife if, let's say, they got divorced, but Yibam is a unique mitzvah in as much as this is the only situation where one is permitted to marry his brother's wife. Now, Yibam isn't just a nice thing, something optional, that if the brother opts out of, everyone could go on their merry way. In Gemara terminology, the widow is connected to the brother by what's called Zikas Yibam, a bond of sorts which connects the two of them and it can't just be done away with. So either this bond is strengthened by Yibam, or if the brother doesn't want to do Yibam, then he must do what's called Chalitza, which severs the Zika, this bond. And Chalitza is a whole process in which they go to Bezdin, she takes off his shoe and spits towards him, and the whole thing's quite the Hatzaga, as we say in Hebrew. Now before we get into some more details, let's clarify a number of terms. The man doing Yibam is called the Yavam, the woman is called the Yavama, while she awaits Yibam, she is called a Shemeris Yavam, which means waiting for the Yavam, and the act of doing Yibam is called him being Meyabim her. Now, a few more important specifics about Yibam before we get into the first Mishnah. Firstly, if there's more than one brother, they all have this Zika, this bond. Also, a discussion of Yibam only starts if the husband doesn't have children. Let's say he has children or even grandchildren from a different marriage, no Yibam. However, if she has children, even from a different marriage, but he doesn't, then there is Yibam. Now, gearing up for the first Mishnah, Yibam can only happen with one wife. So let's say Reuven has two wives, which was permitted back in the day, then only one of them requires either Yibam or Chalitza, and once that happens, the other one, who's called the Tsara, the co-wife, she's free to marry whomever she wants. Now, another important factor is that Yibam can only happen if the wife is permitted to the brother. However, let's say she's an erva to him. For example, Ruvain's married to his niece, which is Shimon's daughter, and Ruvain dies without children. Shimon, his brother, is not a do even to his own daughter. There's no mitzvah over there. Now, let's take this scenario a step further. Let's say Ruvain has two wives. One of them is his niece, Shimon's daughter, and the other one is someone random, not related to Shimon. And then Ruvain dies without children. Not only is Shimon's daughter potter from Yibam, but the tsara is also potter. Now, it's this case and similar ones that the first Mishnah talks about. And let's just review this extra term we added in. In Mishnah Gemara terminology, the second wife is called the Tsara, the co-wife, and if she happens to be the co-wife of an erva, she's called Tsaras Erva. So now jumping into the first Mishnah. The Mishnah tells us, There's 15 women who are going to potter their Tsaras and their Tsaras Tsaras from Chalitza and from Yibam forever. Now, before we get into who these 15 women are, what does that mean they potter their tsarist tsara? So we just had our cast a case of Reuven and Shimon being brothers, and Reuven was married to his niece, Shimon's daughter. And let's add another brother into the picture over here. We have Levi as well. So when Reuven dies without children, Shimon doesn't do Yibam at all, not to the erva, because it's his daughter, and not to the tsarist erva either. But let's say Levi decided to do Yibam, and he wasn't Miyabim his niece, Shimon's daughter. He was Miyabim the other wife, the tsarist erva, which is permitted. And Levi himself has another wife. And sadly, Levi as well dies without children. Once again, we have two women falling to Shimon for Yibam. Now, Shimon's not allowed to marry Tsaras Erva, the woman that Levi was Miyabim, because again, she's Tsaras Erva. She used to be Ruvain's wife, and Shimon wasn't allowed to marry her then, because she was a co-wife to Shimon's daughter. And what the mission just told us is that Tsaras Tsarasain is also Pater, which means Levi's other wife, who now is the Tsara, 
to the other tsara, she's also potter from Yibam. And this continues on and on. Now the Mishnah says, Ve'eluhain, these are them. These are the 15 women that not only are they going to be potter, but they're going to potter their tsara and their tsara's tsara. Number one, Bitai, his daughter, meaning Reuven is married to Shimon's daughter. Ubas Bitai, Ubas Benai, Reuven's married to Shimon's granddaughter, either his daughter's daughter or his son's daughter. Bas Ishtai, Reuven's married to Shimon's wife's daughter. Bas Beno Bas Bita, or Reuven's married to Shimon's wife's granddaughter, either her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter. Chamaisai, Reuven's married to Shimon's mother-in-law. Ve'im Chamaisai, or he's married to his mother-in-law's mother. Ve'im Chamiv, or his father-in-law's mother. He's married to Shimon's sister from his mother, which means Shimon and his woman are sisters. They share the same mother, but this woman is not Ruvain's sister. Or Ruvain's married to Shimon's mother's sister, meaning Ruvain's married to Shimon's aunt, but it's not his aunt. Or the sister of his wife, which means that Ruvain and Shimon are married to sisters. Or the wife of his brother from his mother, which means that Ruvain's married to Shimon's sister-in-law, Shimon's brother's wife. And the reason why it's not Ruvain's brother's wife is because Shimon and this fellow share the same mother, and Ruvain and Shimon share the same father. Now here's an interesting one. And the wife of his brother who wasn't in this world. So here we're going to change the case up a bit. This time we have Ruvain and Levi who are brothers. Shimon's not in the picture yet because he's not born yet. Levi's married. Sadly, he dies without children. And Ruvain is Miyabim, his wife. Then Shimon is born. And then Ruvain dies without children. So Ruvain's wife, who used to be Levi's wife, now falls to Shimon to Yibum. However, this woman is Aisha's Achiv Shlaya by Lamai. She's the wife of Shimon's brother, but he wasn't in the world yet. Shimon wasn't alive when this woman was married to Levi, and that means that Shimon never had a heter to marry her. Shimon only has a heter to marry his brother's wife if he's alive when there was a mitzvah of Yibum with his woman. However, Shimon wasn't alive when there was the first time mitzvah of Yibum with Levi's wife. And therefore, even though now this woman is coming from Ruvain, Shimon's still not allowed to marry her. She's considered an erva. And lastly, Vikalasai, his daughter-in-law. Ruvain's married to Shimon's daughter-in-law. Namely, Shimon had married his son off to this woman, and Shimon's son either died or divorced her, and then Ruvain married her, so she's still considered Shimon's daughter-in-law, and she's an erva to him. So in all these situations, the Mishnah repeats itself. These pater their tsars and their tsars tsars from chalitz and yibam until the end of the world. Now another fact that the Mishnah adds in: Vakulan all these women in mesu if they died oimianu or if they did mion oinizgarshu if they got divorced ashinimtu islandiyos or if they turned out to be an islandist, which means they can't have children tsars sein mutars their tsars mutar. What does this mean? So let's again take our classic example of Reuven being married to Shimon's daughter, and he has another wife as well. Let's say. Shimon's daughter died before Ruvain died, or she did Mion, which means she was under 12 years old and she walked out of the marriage, which she's allowed to do if she's under 12 in certain circumstances, or Ruvain divorced her. Or it turns out that she's an islandess and she can't have children, which means that this is not a real marriage in the first place. And then after one of these things happened, Ruvain died without children. So since Shimon's daughter is not considered to be married to Ruvain anymore, so that Tsara is permitted to Shimon. Now, just a clarification of this last thing. In regards to the following three women, Reuven being married to Shimon's mother-in-law, Shimon's mother-in-law's mother, or his father-in-law's mother, we can't say that they turned out to be an islandist, that they can't have children, because obviously if it's Shimon's mother-in-law, or mother-in-law's mother, or father-in-law's mother, they definitely had children, and we also can't say they did Mion, because as we said, Mion is when a girl's under 12, and she clearly cannot be under 12 if her daughter is married to Shimon, or her granddaughter is married to Shimon. And moving on to Mishnah Bey's, clarifying what we already explained in Mishnah Aleph, but here the Mishnah speaks it up. Ketzad Pachas Tzar saying, how is it that these women mentioned in Mishnah Aleph 
Aleph are going to pater their tsaros. So Let's say Shimon's daughter or one of these other arayas are married to his brother Ruvain, and Ruvain has another wife, Mason, and Ruvain dies without children. The same way that Shimon's daughter is pater from Yibam and Chalitza, so to her tsara, her co-wife is also pater. Continue to explain what we said in the previous Mishnah that tsaros tsarosain are also pater. What's that? Let's say the tsar of Shimon's daughter married his second brother, Levi, and Levi has another wife as well, Vamesa, and Levi died without children. So Kashem Shitsaras Bita Petura, the same way that the Tsar of Shimon's daughter is Pater to Shimon, because again she's Tsaras Erva, Kach Tsaras Sarasa Petura, so to her Tsara, meaning Levi's other wife, is also Pater. Afiluhein Mea, even if there's a hundred brothers, meaning bringing Yehuda into this, who's another brother, he marries Levi's other wife, and he himself has another wife, and then this Yehuda died without children. So the same way that Shimon can't marry Tsaras Tsara, because she was Levi's Tsara, who was the Tsara of Ruvain's Tsara, so he also can't marry Yehuda's other wife, and so on and so forth. Now, explaining the last part of the previous Mishnah, what's the case that if they died, the Tsar's mother, let's say Shimon's daughter or one of these other Arias is married to his brother Ruvain, and Ruvain has another wife as well, let's say Shimon's daughter died or she got divorced from Ruvain, and then his brother Ruvain died, so the Tsar is permitted. And the Mishnah concludes, anyone that's able to do Mion, but she did not do Mion, which means she's under 12 years old, she could have walked out of the marriage, but she did not, and then Ruvain died without children. The Tsara needs Chalitza, but cannot do Yibam. And the reason why she would need Chalitza, even though she's Tsara's Erva, is because when a woman's able to do Mion, which means she could walk out of the marriage, that marriage is only Midrabanan, it's not Doiraisa, and therefore there is somewhat of a Zika to the Tsara, not one that would allow Yibam, but one that does still require Chalitza. We're going to stop here for the day and pick up tomorrow's Mishnah Gimel and Dalit with more scenarios. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.